Hi there, welcome to Let's Talk Tottenham. Another week, another set of managers that are turning us down. This week, it's uh, Graham Potter who's decided we're not a big enough club for a manager who finished 17th, so we're in big trouble here, a real embarrassment. I'm joined by uh, Khalid, uh, you might know as Mr. K on Twitter, uh, to talk about that. Uh, Nuno as well, who's now looking like he's joining Fenerbahce and the search for a manager goes on and on and on and where will it end or have we already got a deal in place for someone at the Euro? So talk about all that and much, much more on Let's Talk Somebody Please Manage Us. Hi Khalid, how are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad Chris, it's absolutely wonderful to be here, thank you very much for yeah. inviting me. That's no problem at all. Thanks so much for coming on. Uh, obviously, it's it's not the best time to be a Spurs fan in, at the moment. Uh, this manager situation seems to be going on and on and on and on. At, at some point, we will be linked to every manager in the world, I think. Uh, where will it end? I mean, what, what is your, what are your thoughts on the manager situation? The, the, the fact that it's just we're being linked to every manager and seemingly either turned down or, or, or rejecting every manager. What, what are your thoughts on that? Um, I think to be or not to be is the question. Will there be a manager? Will there not be a manager before the <laughs> pre-season friendly starts? Is yeah. it all a play? Is it all a ploy to get Mason to kind of warm into the hearts of the fan base? Um, or is this a complete mess that Levy has created because of his incompetence. Maybe his arrogance. Maybe he thought he had something in the bag with Nagelsmann and it didn't quite transpire. Maybe he took too long. Maybe he's upset with Jose because he took too long. Maybe he's upset with himself for taking too long. Because at the end of the day, by the time he got around to sacking Jose, Nagelsmann already started talking to uh, Bayern. It was way too late. There was, yeah. He was entertaining them because he had no choice because he spent the whole year being excited to want to play for Spurs, to, to manage Spurs. And that was the reality is that when, what the situation with our club, Chris, you know this as well as me when it comes to player transfers or, or, or in this particular appointment, it seems that we, we don't strike when the iron's hot. Yeah. Uh, if you look at some of our transfer policies coming in, like Grealish, for example, you know, we could have struck when the iron was hot, paid the extra five million pounds to the new owners, because the new owners came in, we agreed 20 million. The new owners came in and said they wanted 25. And that was actually part of an agreement that Levy had already agreed to when he made the agreement for 20 million pounds. He said, I will pay 20 million pounds. They said, well, it would, you have to pay 5 million pounds poor if the new owners come in. He said, fine, I'll do that. Now, if you turned around and took them by the hand straight away, 20 million would have been done. But mm -hmm. if you want to play your Levy games, then you're going to have to, then you're going to have to agree to say, well, if the new owners come in, you have to put 5 million pounds more in. Now, in, in, in order to keep or reserve like a deposit, a situation or a negotiation, you leave it on the table. That means you haven't scrapped it. You're still in agreement with it. And this is the problem that Levy has, is that he will leave it on the table as if he's still there. But in reality, he's put himself in a position where he's not really going to take a step forward. And people by now have clocked that. They're no longer waiting for Levy to come to them. They say, well, look, Levy, if you want to do business, we'll do business. Otherwise, go away. Yeah, when he went back to try to get Ericsson, they said, "Look, you want to do business? Here's how much you have to pay us." Where do we learn this from? We learn this from you. So the managership, the, the managers coming in, I think, is an incompetent situation that Levy has put himself into, where he should he planned to have a backup strategy to Jose. I think probably as far back as September, right, the previous season. I think there was rumblings going on, and the word Nagelsmann started to come out, uh, thinking that Nagelsmann is on the way up. 
and eventually he's going to uh, outgrow his club. And if he's going to outgrow his club, then what type of clubs would be interested in? What type of project would be interested in? The way he plays, the way he changes his formations according to the type of team that he's playing against, the type of players that he has. He has in his locker that ability to go to 3-4-3, which will take advantage of people like Sassion, Aurea, Doherty. Those players can work more in the 4-3-4 than they can in the 4 at the back. Uh, in the 4 in the back, people like Sassion, they can't defend deep enough. People like Aurea, for example, can get pulled out of position. People like Doherty can get spun on the spot without someone to back him up. So formation is kind of important to whoever, whichever manager comes in. If, on the other hand, we have a complete sellout of players, then, it, then you, know, you can call in you know, any specialist and then buy the type of players that that particular manager wants you to buy. Now, <clears throat> when it comes to what type of manager, we're, we're in the situation now where it's not just as simple as what players do we have, um, it, you know, what are we aiming for? It's now also we have someone called a, well, a general manager uh, but re- but but technically speaking, the role is very similar to that of a director of football. Yeah, that's paratici, that is per- isn't it? Yeah, per- um, I think the way they, they it's like the word paratici. I mean, I think Iggy from Tottenham away, he's kind of corrected me on this many times. It's paratici. Fuck. Okay. <laughs> All right, it's like parat, <laughs> but it's something like that. It's paratici. Yeah. The, 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 there's a slight pause as well. Uh, it's like regulon or regulon. You know, it's it, there's a difference there as well. But para. Tichi is like uh, it's like an American, but uh, it, it, it's wrong. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, as I was saying, Paratici, um, you know, because we have a director of football, he's technically speaking the person in charge of implementing the vision of Tottenham Hotspur's football. Okay, he's not the one in charge of the property assets outside or as levy land as we like to call it. Um, <laughs> which you know, I mean, there seems to be a constant <laughs> development, and there doesn't seem to be a pause or a delay. Or any hiccup when it comes to any of the property portfolios that Levy gets his fingers involved in. But when it comes to the football side of it, um, I think it's a bit unfair for people to turn around and say uh, to have a go at Levy for mistakes when it comes to what type of managers have said no. Because the truth is, we don't know. We don't know what the negotiations were. Hmm. We don't know who said what. Obviously, the manager's agents or the entourage around the manager is always going to make him look nice and always point the finger back towards our club to say we're the ones. Why? Because they're going to move on to another club. They want to, like, for example, if you look at Nuno, for example. Yeah, Nuno Espiritus Santo. Um, on a Friday, everyone was excited. He was practically signed. On the Monday, it's not happening. He's signing with Fav- uh, Fanabesha. Wait, wait. Wait, uh, how did that switch so fast? Hmm. Was he was he already in talks with Fenerbahce? If he was, how come no one heard about it? Hmm. Did you hear about it? No, no, because it I, wasn't I, until they announced it. It wasn't until they announced that he's that, that he's in that he's deep into talks to Fenerbahce after the fact that he stated, "Oh, uh, it doesn't look like Tottenham might be that keen on me." Right. Hmm. So first of all, he's about to sign. And then it's a case of, oh, I don't think Levy likes me that much. <laughs> Where did that come from? Now, yeah. now the, here's the situation as it's playing out. Okay. This is where you've got to be slightly precise upon what you exactly observe so that you can be, you can be very precise about what you understand. It's very important not to get mixed up with this social media world. It will spin you on the spot and you'll end up being dazed and not realizing what's going on. So 
if you if you look at the way if you look at the if you look at Levy's image, because let's face it, uh, his his reputation as the leader of Tottenham Hotspur, the chairman, it is being called into question. And he may have brought out some videos and dismissed things. He may not come out and apologize that much when it comes to the ESL. So he has that air of I'm doing the best for the club. So that's why he's not made you apologize. He hasn't got on his knees and groveled to the football fans to say, I'm really sorry about ESL. He didn't say that. All the other chairman did. He's the only one that didn't. He turned around and said, well, you know, if you guys feel that it's a mistake, then I won't do it. Hmm. That's a very different yeah. thing. Now, if you take that mentality and bring it towards the manager's side, then what you're seeing is Paratici is turning around and saying, okay, what type of playing style do we want? 3-4-3. Which managers do I know that can play 4-3-4-3? A, B, and C, and D. There's a long list of them, right? Out of these managers, who's available? Who can I afford? Who is experienced in the Premier League? Who can work with the board? Who can work with limited funds? Who can, who can make something out of the players that we have? Who's a, who's a good man management coach who endears himself to the players and the players endear himself to, to, to him? If you look at Poch, for example, he was actually quite a decent man manager because he, he, he would pat people on the shoulder. Hmm. You know, they, they, you'd get that sense of feeling that these youngsters, they wanted to fight for him. Yeah. Okay? Obviously, as they grew older and became more wary and they began to realize that, you know, that Poch's power is limited by the fact that Levy's in charge of everything, they realized that they weren't going to get their magical contracts. They weren't going to get their superstar, uh, you know, uh, superstar footballers that were going to come into the club to play alongside them. They realized that that, that was all a dream, uh, a fake dream. So they started to lose um, uh, trust in the vision that Poch was speaking about. So Poch is saying, listen, this is my vision. This is my dream. And the players would turn around and they believed in it and they would run through brick walls for him. And they would run around for 95 minutes in a match. <clears throat> when they slowly began to lose that sense of belief that Poch had that level of influence and that in reality, Levy was the one pulling all the strings, they became despondent. When they became despondent, they're not pushing at 110%. Mm. And you could clearly see that on the pitch because that 1% or 2% of difference right here is all it takes in the Premier League between the 18th side to the second side. Yeah. It's one or 2%. And so, so here you have a manager that's coming in. Paratici says, hey, you got Nuno. Well, you know, we can afford you. You've got experience. You've got good manners. You know, you play with what we got. And then what happened? Some of the fan base turned around and said, no, we don't like this fellow. Hmm. Um, and, and, and this is when you know that there's something dodgy going on is when the people come out with the most lamest excuses ever heard. <laughs> uh, one of the excuses that they didn't like about Nuno was um, um, he's not very good with press conferences. Oh, I didn't English see that, that one. Great. No, his English isn't that great. Yeah, neither was Pochettino's though, was it? And that didn't seem to affect anything. It was certainly early going. Well, the point is that at the end of the day, it's like, it's like you're talking about the, the, the least important thing. Hmm. Yeah. And yet, you, and yet, that's the only thing you can pull out. So if that's the only thing you can... So then they'll say, okay, well, based upon that false fact, I will now point towards... Uh, let's look at the other statistics, like his football. How many games has he played? What's his win percentage? What's this? What's that? There's no apples to apples or pairs to pairs comparison. How could yeah. you compare a team that came from the championship, made it into the Premier League, and look at their stats and compare it in any way to us? Hmm. we're totally different kettle of fish you know you can't compare what he did before previously because those clubs they're not anywhere near our level right 
So there was this, so the, what I felt was that in the social media, and there was this feeling going around where you're saying no to Nuno became trendy than actual facts. Yeah. And common sense. I mean, that started with Gattuso, didn't it? There was a no to Gattuso thing, and it seems to be yeah. with every manager now. But like, for, for, for me, I think Nuno's a bit too negative. Um, obviously, with Wolves, he had a massive injury to Jimenez. I mean, that would affect any team. It would be like Kane getting injured for us. So well, it I may mean, be I different mean, with us, but my, my yeah. choice would be Potter because I think he plays really good football. He's just struggling at Brighton because he doesn't have a recognised striker there. If they, they had Harry Kane there, for example, they'd be pushing for Europe because yeah. the amount of that they create. But it seems to be if in the paper that he's turned us down. And, and if that's true, I mean, you mentioned with social media in the paper there, it could all be complete nonsense. But if, if, if the team finishes, if the manager of the team finishing 17th has turned us down because we're not a big enough club, that, that's a problem. But I wouldn't be surprised, and I said this from the start, that all of these we're linked with this manager, that manager, they turn us down, isn't a smokescreen. We've already got a deal in place for someone like a Martinez after the Euros, and all yeah. of this linked with this manager is so that they can go, well, we're trying, and oh, we couldn't get anyone, Martinez is available. And that, uh, you, you know how Levy is. It, it, you, you never get the sense of what Levy tells you is true. It's always kind of manipulated in some way. It, um, and, and so, I mean... I, I think I think it's safer just to turn around and just assume a default position that it's all fun and it's all games. Yeah. It's all is, is, is that what you think, that this is all smoke and mirrors and all of these managers turning us down is all nonsense? Um, it, it hinted at the fact that you said that Nuno's suddenly going to Fenerbahce and that was no, never mentioned in three no, days. I, I, look, this is, this, is where the, this is where kind of like, this is where the mistake is. I, I don't think like that. I, the reason why, because this is a mistake to start thinking like this. Instead, what you've got to do is you've got to turn around and say to yourself, I hold you responsible for you not doing your duty. Levy your you're talking about. Yeah. Whoever that is, the board, the job, yeah. the club. I hold the club responsible. Yeah. Needed to clarify so that. You were, pointed, you were pointing at me for a moment there, so I thought I'd... <laughs> <laughs> no, no. Great, Chris, why are you not doing it? Um, <laughs> Should have recorded this so ages my, my ago. Is, You've done it wrong. So my point <laughs> is, rather than, rather than speculating what they are doing, what they're not doing, what they are saying, what they're going to... No, I just simply look at it and say, okay, are we a top six club? Right, are we a top 10 club? Forget top six. That's not going to be so arrogant about it because we finished seventh and we didn't look like we're coming. Well, actually, no, it looked like we might go into top four eventually. But anyway, the point is we're a top six club. Um, definitely a top eight or seven club. Mm. And it's, if you're in the Premier League, that means you have far more than enough money. With money comes the ability to employ the best people. You know, it's, it's not how big your stadium is, it's how well your team can play in that stadium. You know, so it, it's also not, not just that, but it's also your, ad, uh, your press secretary, your, you know, all, all the other people that you need in your organization to make it run effectively. The people who cut the grass, the people who throw the ball at you, everyone. Yeah. So as a top six organization, if you cannot sort out who your manager is, who your head coach is, <laughs> um, pretty sharp is, if you cannot push that, it either means that you're very, very confident on what you're doing. Or it means that you're hopeless. And have no I, I, it's got to be the latter, surely, I think. I'm... Well, I mean, I, let's put it this way. Did it, some people turned around and said that when, when Jose was asked to leave six days before a cup mm. final, 
that it wouldn't have made any difference whether Jose was there or not there. We 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 would have still lost it. Well, okay? yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, I think those people have just not watched Jose in any final before. No. But he's There's the only so manager, isn't he? He he's the only manager to have beaten Pep Guardiola in a in a final in, in well, Pep's career. Record, and, 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 but but what I don't understand about it, Pochettino, for me, is the best manager that I've had in my lifetime. Certainly yeah. in the Premier League era. And to sack him, fine, you want something different. But you bring Jose, and you bring Jose not to build a project, you bring Jose in to win a trophy. And the first chance he gets, he's fired a week before it. So what was the point of bringing Jose in? You're bringing him in to win a trophy, and then you're not even giving him a chance to win that trophy. So it's a complete waste well, of time in my I, book. I think I, I think what it is, when we try to rationalise certain things, we want certain bits of information in order for us to focus on how we rationalise. And this is the issue that we come across many times. There's a lot of facts that we don't know. And some facts, or rather, you know, some things sound plausible, Um but they can't be plausible and then something else be plausible at the same time. So one is right or the other one's right, one or the other. So, for example, Duncan Castle's reported uh, that he... Because uh, whenever you come to any information that you're going to speak about, you have to look at its sources. So if you see something and you're going to talk about it, then you have to say, well, where did that information come from? And where did that get pumped from? And so forth. So what happened between Jose and Levy? So you have these two people, Jose and Levy, then, you, you know, you can't speak to either of them. So what are you going to do? You're going to speak to Jose, you can't speak to him. But what about the people around Jose? Okay, fine, I can speak to that person there. All right, Giza, who's sitting in a pub, what's, what's going on? Now, so we're looking at second, third-hand knowledge here. But at least you're tracing it back. So Duncan Castle spoke to these particular type of people, and, and they said to him that basically he wanted, he's, he's the type of manager that wants to win. And I think everyone knows that. Mm. And when it, comes to, when it comes to cup competitions, he wants to win them more than anything. Cup competitions. Mm. When, when, when Poch was around, Poch said it clearly. Sorry, can't do it. We're going to concentrate on top four. Mm. Forget your cups. If you stay with me, we're going to be champions. That's what I'm going to make you. So if you stay on the journey with me, I'll make, we're going to be champions. That's what we're going for. Right. So... Here is a different situation. Here is someone saying, listen, forget being champions. I want to get you a cup. I don't care which one it is. You'll be happy with any of them. And the fan base says, thank you. We have an agreement. <laughs> so yeah. I, I'll yeah, follow yeah, you yeah. as long as we're going in that direction. Now, here's the problem with our fan base. The cup date was a certain time, March. But they were already after him to be sacked months before that. Mm. Right, which means that they never made that arrangement with him. They never, in their heart, turned around and said, "Okay, I like that arrangement that you can just get me any cup. I know you're not going to build us a, a team that's going to last ten years like Poch was going to. So you're going to give us a different agreement, right? I accept that, or I don't accept that. So what you had was a bunch of people that said, "Yes, I accept that. I will support you when things times are good or when times are bad. I will support you. I've got your back, right?" That's what it means to be, you know, a Spurs fan. You support things. You support mm. your manager. You support your club. You support your team, right? Where, you know, th this whole concept of divide and rules. Oh, classic. So here you have a bunch of fans that never accepted it in the first place. That didn't accept this agreement. No, we don't want to be just happy with a cup. We want to be, we want, we want the big, really big stuff. 
and you're not the guy that can take us there. You could, you're not a project man. So yeah. if their hearts have never had an agreement, and so therefore any sign of trouble, they'll be the first ones to jump on there. And you saw that September, yeah. October, you, and yeah. so forth. Do, do, do you think what Pochettino did there, like we had a couple of title runs, got to the final of the Champions League, do you think he, he kind of raised expectations and then we became a little bit, uh, not arrogant, I can't think of the right word, like we demanded much, much more because we were, we were there before and anything less is a disgrace when really Pochettino possibly pushed those players to a higher level. No, no. I think, I think, I think you have to look at the history of the club and what, what the actual club stands for. The club's motto right here is to dare, to dare is to do. To dare is to do. To dare. Do you dare? And Poch was telling us to dare. Mm. And we went along with him. We wanted to dare too. So what, what, what were the consequences of that? The consequences of that was that you had a team that was willing to fight on the pitch. You, you remember that match at the, at the, at the bridge? Mm. I mean, that was Spurs. Proper coming of age. Where they, they fought for each other. They backed each other up physically. Mm. And you know, as a Spurs fan, one of the places you don't really want to be caught in anywhere near is the bridge, right? Mm. Right? So imagine how the players feel. And yet the players, they were in the front. They're fighting for us. Right? And they're really going in hard. So finally, you had a sense of something called pride. Forget glory. Mm. Forget glory is when you got the cup. I'm not talking about the cup. I'm talking about the journey. How do you get there? Some, some clubs, they'll buy it. Mm -hmm. yeah. Some clubs, they have other ways. They have a, a, a inertia, which is very, very big. So there's more chance of them winning it. And that's something like Man United, a very big club. They put a lot of money into transfers. And therefore, they have inertia that's been carrying on. It's pushing them along. Okay. Um, with us, it's more of a case of um, going back to our days of glory. And in order to do that, you have to have a step-by-step -step approach. So the first step is you've got to be consistent with getting into Europe. Then you have to be consistent in getting into the top flight of Europe, which is the Champions League. And then once you get consistent within that, you've got to be consistent getting out of the group stages, right? So you're hitting the quarterfinals, the semifinals, and so forth. And eventually, once in a while, you might do it. You might pop off into the final and win it. Mm. And, that, and, and that's the hope, right? Um, we were the club that had got to that stage where we were getting comfortable with getting out of the group stages, right? So we're not a club that you know goes into the Champions League and says, hey, we're one of the contenders. No. But we're definitely one of those clubs that says, now we've entered the competition, we're a serious contender because we have the ability to get out of the group stages. We're not cannon fodder in the group stages. I remember there was a time, I mean, what was it? Uh, young boys, they, they always mm. whooped us. Yeah, that <laughs> was with uh, uh, Rednap, wasn't it? Rednap, yeah. So my point was that there was a time when we used to struggle with group stages. Mm. You know, we'd be lucky to get into group stages, let alone. And then when we get into group stages, we used to have really terrible games, mm. right? And, uh, and, you know, the expectation wasn't there. But now it's the opposite where you expect your team to get out the group stages. You expect your team to be the top dog within the group stages. And therefore, when you get beaten by teams like Zagreb, for example, right, yeah? It yeah. really hurts. It really, really hurts. You know, I mean, their manager was inside a prison. I mean, crying out loud. <laughs> you can get yeah. more jokes. But coming back to the expectation side of it, 
yes, um, we did raise our expectations, but that's purely by the fact of what you could see on the pitch. Mm. We weren't a team, we were a team that didn't mind going down a goal or two down. We were, we, were you. we were like Ferguson's teams, right? Yeah, when the last two three minutes, it's our team that looks like we're going to win. It's our team yeah. that looks like we're going to get a, a you know ball in the back of the net, not the opposition. So therefore, if you now look at where we are, we're now the team that's likely to concede in the last five minutes. We're the type of team that can't hold that one goal lead. We're the type of team that if we do go a goal or two down, we're not going to come back. Mm. we're the type of team that if one thing happens we know what the next four things are going to be and because of that we give up we give in yeah yeah so it, I think that's who, who do you think we'll get though and who, who do you think that person will be the man to take us back to those heights because I, I I've got a sneaky suspicion as well that whoever we get is a just a stopgap, and then in two years' time, when Poch's uh, PSG contract is up, they'll try and get him and bring him in again. But I, I could be wrong on that. We could get someone who, like Pochettino, is capable of building something. But I, I personally think it's just a stopgap, and then we'll try and get Pochettino back in again. But who, who do you uh, think we'll end up with? And do you think it'll be a long-term appointment or a short-term appointment? Or do you think it'll be a, a let's wait and see and how we do appointment, but it's not decided yet? Okay, there, there's 20 teams that happen to be in the Premier League at any one season. Right? So, if you get all those teams together and ask yourself, what's the average lifespan of any manager in any team? You know, you come to a conclusion it's a year to two years. Right? That's the average lifetime. Mm. So, you have to ask yourself, well, you know, if that's, if that's roughly the average of what really happens, then, um, you know, what do we want? And, and how do we want it? I mean, can even no matter even if you get the best of intentions of the, you know, the best type of person for the job and role, if they had bad results, then we're not going to keep them for five years. Mm. So you know, through thick and thin. When you look at Ferguson, for example, when he was manager for Manchester United, they stuck with him. Mm. They could have got they could have got rid of him. Right. It's a different era now, I think. Like, gone are the days of Ferguson staying there for 20 years and Wenger, I think. It's now, like, like you say, if um, results are going bad, get out. But Pochettino obviously struggled in... Didn't struggle, he finished fifth. But in, in terms of where we wanted to be, he didn't achieve expectation, but they stuck with him, stuck with him, and then we ended up having title races. And then the, the, the second it went a bit sour again, he, he was let oh. go. But then that that was... Possibly the Levy that, not know, backing him up, but uh, I, I think yeah. I think I think look, look at the end of the day, right? Yeah, we, we turn around and always point the finger towards Levy, but nothing would happen without the support of the fans. Mm. That's what's crazy. That means that basically there was a portion of the fans that really wanted the pods to go. They weren't happy with the performances. They could they they would say, listen, forget the beginning of the season. If you look from January to January, we're in a relegation form. We look at how many points we actually picked mm. up from a January to a January. Forget the beginning of the season from September to the end. No, but from the January to the January, it was like, you know, we were the worst team in the Premier League. And, and, and yet we're in the Champions League final the same year. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, but, that, that, but doesn't that remind you of Wigan? Do you remember Wigan back in the day? Well, when, when they won Martinez. the FA Cup and got relegated. Well, the, surprisingly enough, there's, there's, a name, there's a name we haven't mentioned for a while. Martinez. Well, uh, Martinez. <laughs> yeah. I, I think we'll end up with him. He, he's one of my like. He's in the Euros. I think we'll end up with him, and and 
that fills me with a little bit of dread. But look, the, the biggest dread that I have at the moment, and you mentioned it earlier, where we never we, we never strike while the iron's hot. I, I can't remember when the season starts, but it'll be August sometime. But we haven't got a manager yet. We've got a, our no. best player who potentially wants to leave and there might be bids coming in for him. You've then got to replace him. But we've only got seven people, six players, because Bale was number seven, but won't be coming back, who are at the Euros. The rest of them are going to start pre-season and they don't know who the bloody manager is. We haven't bought anyone. We haven't sold anyone. Uh, and and, and we, we're going to end up in a situation where come the whatever the first game is, Man City, whenever that is, yeah. it's exactly the same team with a manager who's yep. been there for two weeks and, and they've got a, this, so that's what, what makes me think it's someone in the Euros because that's nor, yeah. normally um, you, you'd have someone signed up by then to go through pre-season, go, well, I want this player out, that player out, this player in, this player in. And we haven't had that, but yeah, Martinez is, is, I mean, he's a good attacking manager, so we'll get that hoodoo out of the way. We won't have the boring Mourinho ball anymore. But then he can't bloody defend, so it'll be cricket scores every time. And I can't cope with that amount of stress. <laughs> I think, I think, I, think that was, I think that was one of the... Uh, I think when Martin, when he was in charge of Everton, right? Um, I think that was one of the things that was highlighted there, was that mm. uh, during the first season, he had some defensive uh, cohesion. And a lot of people turned around and said that was because Moyes had instilled that into the club. Hmm. Come to the second year, because he had pushed his, his style more forward and got the player transfers and all the rest of it that he wanted to get stage one into, you started to see a bit more of a transition team. Unfortunately, that transition team was leaving um, the hallmarks of his defensive nature but, uh, a little bit behind with Moyes and moving forward. Now, unfortunately, whenever you have a transition period, you're going to have a bit of this and a bit of that. And so when people judge someone, they say, oh, well, you know, that proves that Martinez is no good and defensively. And I think to myself, you know, it, it's, it, it's not necessarily true because look at the last game they played. I mean, did they win that by 1-0? I can't remember now. I, my point being is that, is that, you know, in order for you to win something, you have to concede less. Hmm. And, and he has been winning, which means that, yeah. You know, regardless of what anyone says, his defensive capability is enough. I, you know what it is? I think there's a high degree of arrogance amongst, um, amongst some of the fan base when it comes to pointing at certain people and saying they're good or not good. I don't think, I don't think the majority of us are actually qualified to even make that. Or something. Like, for no. example, you take Dante Nuno. It's like, are you crazy? You're like, <laughs> this guy knows how to run. This 3-4-3 system right here, a lot of the Portuguese people, a lot of the Portuguese teams who are ahead of Britain. Britain's still going through the 4-3-3, the 4-2-3-1. You know, we're still using those formations, whereas, whereas other countries have already moved on to the 3-4-3 to take possession of the midfield, to, to attack and engage the end. Like, for example, Bayern. You know, look at, look at their attacking, pro, pro, you know, how, how often they attack from left, right and centre to get goals in. And because of that system. Um, so we've got to become a little bit more aware as a fan base of what these managers offer us. And we, we can't be saying no to something because if you start saying no, then it becomes a trend. And it looks like Levy's actually listening to these. Hmm. Or maybe this is just smoke and mirrors and he's expecting us to do this anyway. Yeah. Um, but coming back to the being grateful and being able to observe, uh, I think Martinez, um, you know, he's good with people, good with players, good with stars. He's got class. He's, 
He's got recognition. He's got he's got obviously an FA Cup, so at least you know he's won something. Um, secondly, on top of that, he's 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 you know the Belgium team without doubt one of the best teams in the last five years. Yeah. So if that's the case, he's managing one of the best teams in, in, you know in the world in the last five years. So the pedigree is there for anyone to doubt him. You know, um, if you think if you think you you deserve better, then then show me show me the evidence. I don't. I don't think we've done enough to deserve better. You know, um, do we expect someone like you know Ancelotti to come along and lead us? Mm. Ancelotti went where? Yeah. He's the type of manager that would go and take care of Real Madrid. Are we that expectation? Where we expect managers like that to come to us? You know, no. well, if that's the case, if that's the case, we might as well get Pep Guardiola. <laughs> Let's see if yeah. we don't buy. It. Look, Pep Guardiola. He, he lost the Champions League final. He's going to leave and want a new project. Yeah, come to Tottenham, mate. You know, do the Jose uh, challenge. Um, my, my, my pick was Potter, but that looks like that's not going to happen. Who would your pick be if you were in Levy's shoes and, and you were going to go, who, who would you be going after that that is available and, and likely to come in? Um, I, would able- take, uh, I would take, uh, if I was Levy, I would take a 50% pay cut and promote my assistant and take a holiday for two years. <laughs> And the fifty percent of my wages, which I've dropped, I would use that fifty percent to buy Poch. And I would sit with Poch, and I would sit with Paratici, and I say, "Guys, good luck. I'm off to the Bahamas." Right. Okay. So Poch would be your pick. Po- uh, no, you have to have a combination. Well, no manager. Look, we we know now, twenty twenty one. We know for a fact now that no that a manager is nothing more than a head coach. Go on, other Ferguson. Go on, other Wenger's. Go on other managers that, that would make those decisions. They're no longer involved in the decisions anymore. So let's not, we cannot think of our squad and our team as, as just the one manager. We have to think of it as a team structure. Who is the technical director? Who is the football director? Who is the head of youth development? You know, how is our scouting network going on? How does that link itself back with the football director, the technical director, and then the, man, uh, the manager, the coach? How does that link in with the type of coaching staff that we have? Is the expectation there with the players that we've got on board to, to work out these philosophies? So this is, it's, it's, it's a very integrated pie. It's not dependent on one thing. It's dependent on many things working together. And I think what's happened is that people like Jose have come along expecting there to be a cohesive package, finding out there isn't, and then being obligated not to say anything. So he's in the press conference, and you can see it in his face. He wants to say things to us. <laughs> And he's telling yeah. them, look, you, you know, I cannot say. And, and it's like everyone's having a laugh. You know, he, he basically humiliated our club, but he didn't. Joe, uh, Levy's been humiliating our club. People like Joseph just let us know about it. People like Poch have tried to let us know about it. People like Danny Rose have tried to let us know about it. And what's happened to those three? Well, yeah. number one, Poch. If you look at Poch, look how some of the fan base vilified him before he left. If you look at people like, for example, Jose, one of the most decorated managers on the planet. (laughs) We are not not worthy to even look at his door, let alone polish his boots. And look at how how the the Spurs fan base spoke about him. Mm. Who the fuck? Sorry, who are we? (laughs) Who are we? No, seriously, I mean, look, reality shock. Let's get some cold water, let's put it on ourselves. And, so, and stop for a second and stop being so arrogant and presumption and presumptive. Look, I mean, look at, for example, the ESL, right? The European Super League. 
there was nothing wrong with having like the best clubs coming together to have the best league. That's an amazing idea. We have that. It's called the Champions League. Anyway, my point <laughs> is this: is that it's a good idea. The the only problem is is that the way the competition is based is not based on on someone winning something and being promoted yeah. up. Is that you know the underdog doesn't stand a bloody chance. Yeah, look, that's, that's why I didn't sport. like about it. Yeah. Yeah, because that's, not, that's like, not a sport. Yeah, because like like you, I I didn't have a problem with the ESL if it was done by if you qualify for it, you're in. That the I think it was yeah. 15 clubs in, regardless, even if they get relegated from the Premier League. And, and yeah. no, that that's ridiculous. But yeah, I mean, yeah. So well, that's an example of saying to you that that if you you think it's okay just to win something without having earned it, mm. right? You, you assume that you're in a privileged position and you're arrogant enough to say, I deserve this. Why? Because we've got the best stadium in the world. <laughs> Why? Because we've got the best training facilities in the world. But, okay, okay, let's have a look now. You've got the best stadium in the world that's got no one in it. Yeah. <laughs> that's not a stadium, right? you got you, you might as well have zoom meetings for instead you got the best training facilities in the world is it full of the best coaches okay yeah. let's look at have we, have we got any coaches in the have we got any coaches supporting the under 23 teams that can step up to the first team do we have any specialist coaches well we have Vorm coming in Vorm is mm. now a specialist goalkeeper coach right yeah, yeah, he's I world, guess, he's, he's world I guess. renowned, right? I mean, I mean, yeah, he's like he's famous. I mean, like he opened up academy schools of, of goalkeeper. No, he didn't. Okay, uh, he he no, he didn't. Uh, uh, then okay, right. Do you understand my point? My point is that we're not getting the best in mm. terms of people. We're not getting the best in terms of players, and yet we're arrogant enough to assume that because we've got the best facilities, we should be like this. One, mm. we don't spend the money. Okay, our net spend is always pathetically low. It's like fifteen million pounds at most. That's net spend, right? So we make money and we spend it back on ourselves. And out of out of the you know apparently eighth richest club in the world, we can only afford to spend fifteen million pounds out of all the money we make. Mm-hmm. So that's all we can spend a year, apparently. Uh, something doesn't add up and I think basically my whole point is that rather than concentrating on the reality and the facts we've become like a bit of a banter club mm-hmm. where we're just going to say we deserve something or we, we you know and, and there's, there's no merit you know I mean yeah. if you look at Newcastle fans at least they speak the truth about where, they, where the team lies and at what level they expect their teams to perform all they care about is their players giving uh, uh, like some heart into the game we're at that stage now hmm. where, where the skill isn't that great. But, so we're thinking, all right, fair enough. At least play for the shirt. Yeah. I mean, Harry Kane is another one. I mean, we're in a bit of a bad situation at the moment. If we lose him, it could be even worse. I mean, I'm not sure any manager coming in could convince him to stay. I think he wants to win trophies. And we are, unless you get lucky in a FA or League Cup, Carabao Cup or whatever it's called now, you ain't going to win anything. And, and, and in terms of Premier, uh, well, well, we can't win the Champions League because we're not in. But in terms of winning the Premier League, we are a million yeah. miles off. Whereas four years uh, ago, only four years ago, 
we were close if we'd have invested properly. But I mean, do you see uh, any manager coming in and convincing him to stay? And I don't think that will happen. But do you think Levy will just play hardball and say, I want silly money. And if you don't pay it, he's staying. And then Kane through. No, no. Um, I think, I think, I think this is, this is one of those really weird situations where we don't have to, we don't have to convince a player. Hmm. We just don't have to do the things to mess it up. Right. Say, for example, you know, you're trying to get some big superstar to come to your club. You're trying to convince him. Trying to say, look, we've got really good big stadium. We've got really good training facilities. We've got really good this. We've got really good that. You'll really love it here. Da, 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 da. That's to kind of convince someone. With Harry Kane, it's the opposite. You have to mess it up for him to leave. Mm. Which we've done, potentially. Many times. Mm. He's an absolute saint for staying. Mm-hmm. So what does that tell you? It tells you that the boy definitely wants to stay. He will look for any excuse to stay. You think, he, he, even though he said he wants to win trophies, you think he's, he still wants to stay here rather I think, than I think, I think head off for five said, years, win his trophies and then come back? Um, no, no, I think, I, think, I think everyone's jumped the gun there a little bit. Um, if you listen very carefully to what he actually said, his message was very simple. I want to win trophies with a team. Hmm. So what is he, he's basically saying to Levy, listen, dude, show me that I have a team around me. Show me I'm going to have a team. Show me who's going to be who's going to be managing that team. You know, it could just very well be that maybe Kane is sitting there one day and he gets a message from Levy saying, "Hey, what do you think about this manager? Uh-uh. What do you think about that manager?" Uh-uh. And maybe all of the realities, maybe he's in control. But then that's wrong as well, having a player in control. Like, but yeah, I think a, a player of Kane's level, for for me, he's best striker in the world. But player of his level not to win any team trophies would be an absolute crime when he comes to retire and, and looks back on his career. So, I, I, but I mean, okay, well, you have to have right. a manager first. You can't go selling and buying players without a manager or, or a okay, head coach. Well, and we haven't got one. Um, when, when Gerard was managing, when Gerard was playing for Liverpool, um, he won a Champions League Cup, right? Hmm. Istanbul, right? He never won the League Cup. He he never won. I don't think they won any FA Cups. Yeah, they they did. Uh, they beat West Ham, didn't he? When he scored that oh, screamer oh, to send it, it to extra time. Yeah. So if you look at the size of Gerard, look at the size of their team, the reputation, the pedigree, and so on. Just to get those two things without a League Cup, and the one time when he was almost there to win the League Cup, he tripped, and now. Mm. Um, uh, what's that ex uh, Newcastle Newcastle Denver, player? Denver Bar. Oh, Denver Bar. He saw the opportunity, and I love Denver Bar, but I cried when that happened. <laughs> right? I cried. I mean, I look. You got to understand that that I love football. Right? If, you got to love football if you if you want to love Spurs. Mm. <laughs> right? You can't yeah. just be loving a badge without the actual game itself. So when you look at the game itself, you have examples of people in other clubs that gave it all for their team. When the, he could have imagine Gerard at Real Madrid or Barcelona, you know, instead of being stuck at Liverpool, what would he have achieved? What would he have mm. won? Right. So and what that, from that experience, what could he have brought into the England team, the national team? Mm. You remember that too. So sometimes we blame Kane right here for not being able to pull it out of the bag in really big tournaments. But you've got to remember that when it comes to big tournaments, you've got players around him that got big egos. 
They don't want to pass the ball. They say, Kane, you run that way and you'll take the defenders away from my path. Yeah. And I'll score the goal and I'll look good. And then, yeah. you know, people like Sterling come along. Let's face it, he doesn't. I mean, it's a slight media bias. <laughs> You've seen it. I've seen it. You know, Kane misses a goal. It's the end of the world. You know, Navikonsky misses a goal. It's all right. Don't he'll try another one. You know, the wind yeah. was in his face or something. So uh, if, if Kane, the, that's the other thing, is that as fans, as Spurs fans, we want the ultimate respect given to Kane. And we acknowledge the fact that he has to leave Tottenham in order for him to get respect from the media mm. and from other people. They've given respect then. If he was a Manchester United player, they would have already voted him as God's gift to mankind a long time ago. <laughs> uh, yeah. you know, I, remember, I, remember Tammy, I remember Tammy Abrams played five games and they said he was world class. It took, <laughs> yeah. it took, it took yeah. three seasons for Kane Wright to consistently become the number one Premier League striker for three seasons mm. in a row for them to say, okay, we think he's all right. Yeah, I mean... And, and, uh, and how quick have they come to knock him back down? So if you take that as a microcosm, if you take that as an example of what's happening to us as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a club, we see similar things going on where people are poking and prodding us in such a way that is driving us around in circles and they're looking at it and laughing. And we've become a joke club to everyone. In fact, people have stopped laughing now. People are starting to feel sorry for us, which yeah. is probably the most unique feeling I've ever had. I mean, I, I, I live in East London. I'm surrounded by Hammers fans. And I get bantered Day and night. <laughs> yeah. uh, day and night. I get stuff on my streams. I get stuff on my WhatsApp. It, day and night. I get it. I get it hard. I'm not really but they have another one. Be based on where they finished last season, their expectations would have raised now. But, I mean... Uh, I think, I think if, you look, if you look at our team and you look at their team, you, you, no matter which team you look at, once your team has broken into something called the European spots, then what you want to do now is you want to be consistent within that bracket so that you can acquire money and you can acquire status. Status uh, means that basically more players are attracted to you and they're attracted to you at a reasonable fee. So sometimes if you're a smaller club and you're trying to get a bigger player, you have to pay that player more money to come to you. So even though you've got less money, you have to pay more money for the mm. same player to come to you. And sometimes the better off team get the player a little bit more cheaper. Mm. And so, so when you look at West Ham, for example, it's like you got there, now remain there. So when we were there, this was basically our philosophy. Now we're here. Let's, let's establish ourselves here as a, as a uh, top four Premier League side that has Champions League and, and, and can get through into the quarterfinals, the semifinals year in, year out. Okay, that's the type of team that we were establishing ourselves as a baseline. And obviously with the new stadium and with the new training facilities, it would have worked out fine. We would have then consolidated that. People would have been attracted to us. We would, the money would have flowed in. We would then eventually buy one or two more starlets. Okay, yeah. and then maybe one year we're very lucky and we do a Leicester and we win the league. To, for us to be in a position where we can invest the money like Manchester United, Man City or Chelsea, we cannot do that. We will not do that. So therefore, the only route to win a League Cup is the way that Leicester did it. Hmm. You know, that's the only way. Everyone else around you has to have a shit season. 
Yeah. And and your manager has to promise you pizza. And that's it. Drop down. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, yeah, l- last question. So that uh, I- I'm hoping to be able to upload this before the England game at five o'clock. But if not, it'll be tomorrow. Okay. But, um, yeah. So last question. Obviously, I-, I-, I can't remember the date that we play Man City, but that- that's our first game. Who's going to be leading us out there? Man- Manager-wise, head coach-wise. In your uh, opinion, think, and okay, okay, there's, there's I oh, uh, one second. Sorry, I don't need to get rid of this call. Decline. Sorry about that. Many apologies. That's all right. Um, I, I, I'm. I think if you're a comedian, <laughs> then then you will turn around and say, uh, "This is a home fixture, isn't it?" Mm. Yeah. Then I will turn around and say that 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 um that Kane w- will be leading. Both home teams out. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. what it looks like. Because I think you know what Levy's like, isn't it? Mm. Right, he's gonna he's gonna squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze and squeeze right to the last minute. Yeah. Well, the, the other issue won. with that is that eventually someone goes, "Okay, I'll play Levy ball," and then we end up losing our striker and there are five minutes left until the transfer window closed to replace him. But well, we've done that before. Hmm. We did that with Berbatov. Yeah, you know that yeah. was. I mean, that was a, that was the uh, that was like an amazing thing to do on the last day of the transfer window. You let your number one striker go. Well done, mm. Levy. Yeah, I um, mean, uh, I, I, I've got a worry that history will repeat itself, and uh, yeah. Well, it's not a case of history repeats itself. It's just that someone. This is a set of skills that someone has, mm. right? So. You know, it, it, it's a case of like, you just, if you keep putting the same things in, you're going to keep getting the same things out. You know, you expect to see this in some form or fashion. If you've been observant enough in the past that you've noticed that this is the techniques, this is down to Levy himself, right? Then, then you're, going to, you're going to say, well, this is going to keep happening because the same blokes involved in every stage of the way. Mm. Yeah. You know, uh, you know how, can you have a, how can Nuno have a meeting with Tottenham Spurs Come out of it thinking, yeah, really great. You know, we're going to get signed a contract, and then later on think, oh no, Levy wasn't impressed with me. Wait a second, what's Levy got to do with it? He's not the director of football, yeah, right. But all of a sudden, we now got the new chapter, this new chapter of director of football, general manager, and it's already being interfered and fingered with by Levy. So that tells you what's what you should expect coming up ahead. Nothing's different. No, it's just more, it's just more people fall, guys. Look, I'm hoping, right, yeah, that Paratici, right, yeah, puts a list of A, B, and C players in front of Levy, right, yeah, so that if Levy says no, no, then at least this still whoever he chooses is from Paratici's list. Yeah? yeah. I'd rather I mean, trust his list. I'd rather trust his list than someone else's. I mean, the guy's not yeah. football. Yeah, I mean, if Levy's making the decisions, uh, there's no point in bringing him in. But, yeah, I mean... Okay, yeah. um, me, I'm an optimist. If you ask me, like, for example, right, yeah, wh- what do you think is going to be the score between us playing another team? Um, I'll always tell you, we're going to win 4-1, right? We're playing Man City on the first day of the Premier League. Guess what? We're going to win 4-1. I'm right? not sure about 4-1, but I, I, I always think uh, that we'll win. I always think that we'll yeah. win. And then, obviously, when we lose, it's even more of a bigger smack in the face. But, but Chris, you've seen our team, right? Yeah, when we start scoring, it looks like we're scoring for fun. Mm. And like for example, when we when we beat uh, when did we beat four 0 before the end of the season? Uh, when Bill scored a hat trick, that's it. It, it. Look, it's not a given that you can score four goals against Palace. No, but we made it look easy. Mm. We made those four goals 
it's not that we made the four goals. It's like the four goals happened, but we weren't still satisfied. Mm. We weren't still satisfied. It didn't look like the four goals. Even though it's a lot of goals, it didn't feel like that. It didn't feel comprehensive. And I think that's what's missing from my team right now. We don't have that comprehensive feeling. So whoever comes in, they've got a lot of work to do. And for the fan base, I, I, think, I think fan base just better like relax itself, learn some yoga techniques. Because it's not going to be pleasant to watch what happens between September to Christmas. Because whoever the manager is, he's going to have a problem. Um, maybe the first week or two, the players are playing out their skin. But after a while, you know, the reality is going to start hitting home. So, yeah. um, manager-wise, uh, uh, I think you're right. Um, I personally am the same as you. I, I would prefer someone like Potter. Um, I'm not that type of arrogant fan that believes that we should have, you know, the world's best, 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 mm. best, best, and we shouldn't expect anything less. Well, really? <laughs> really? Is, look how you treated Danny Rose. Shut up and yeah. go away. Um, because th th this is, I, I, I don't know, it's going to be it's going to be interesting because don't forget at the same time as whoever the new manager comes in, um, we're also going to have protests outside. We're yeah. also going to have the social media whirlpool right here, where you're not going to be given a second opportunity. Everyone's going to be on your case. So whoever that comes in, they better have a really really thick skin. Mm. I mean, I'll yeah. back whoever comes in. That's yeah, same here. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, hopefully we get someone in before the first game. We can get some players in and ship out some of the dead wood. But yeah, unfortunately, we've run out of time. Um, been great talking to you. Thanks so much again for coming on. Thank you for having me. Uh, no problem. And you're welcome back anytime. Uh, before you go, you are on Twitter. I don't know if you've got any streams or YouTube channels or anything. So uh, if you want to give people your uh, Twitter handle, any YouTube or stream things so that they can go and listen and follow um, you. Well, I think uh, let's have a look. This channel is Let's Talk Spurs, right? Or Let's Talk Tottenham, sorry. Yeah. Yep. Right. Um, if you're watching this, tell everyone, tell everyone, tell everyone to come and join up, man. Seriously, this is a really good channel. I like the way Chris presents things, and he's a really easygoing guy. Definitely, right. definitely, definitely like this video and definitely tell other people, share it with other people, put it out on Twitter, share it with other people so that, so that the, if there's someone out there that's interested, they, they might come across them and they'll come over here. Myself, personally, I am. Do you know Will Stewart's uh, THFC's uh, rants channel? No, I don't know. Okay, right. Okay, it's late night. It's a late night channel uh, because it's based in America. Um, and, you know, I come on that. I have a show on there every Tuesday night, uh, 11 o'clock GMT, uh, called Three Wise Men. Um, okay. me, is that on, is that on YouTube? Yeah, that's on YouTube. Uh, yeah. It's under the, uh, it's under the uh, Will, William, uh, Will Stewart's uh, THFC uh, rants channel. Um, and basically, I have uh, there's three of us because three wise men. Uh, one of them is me, myself, Mr. K, or otherwise known as Khaled. I have Brian Daigle. Uh, yeah, I've spoken to him on uh, Tommy's channel before. But he's 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 one of our he's one of our three panelists. Uh, one of the three wise men. I have another gentleman called Awesome O, Awesome O, A W E, Awesome O, um, and that's actually his name, Awesome. Believe it or not. Awesome guy. And basically, he's more into the financial side of it. He looks at it in terms of money and so forth. So he's a third three wise men. We don't all appear on the program at the same time. Sometimes somebody else comes in and so forth, fills it up. But generally speaking, what the whole show um, is not about current affairs as such. It's about um, learning from each other, uh, educating each other, uh, using our uh, memories and our experiences to share the reality of something that's happened 
as opposed to the hearsay. And through that learning process, we can, we can start to use that knowledge, that education that we're getting to look at what's happening with, with, with our club, what's happened in the past. And we can then see the reality of what really has happened, what has been happening and what will happen. And that will hopefully lighten our minds and no longer put the burden of not knowing. And once we can do that, I'm hoping that people who, who enlighten their minds with knowledge shared amongst each other will then go out there and inspire other people to do the same thing. And I'm hoping that this spreads like this amongst the Spurs fan base. You know, I want the Spurs fan base to support each and every single person that comes into the social media arena. And, yeah. uh, you know, I think people like yourself, for example, are absolutely fundamental uh, in order to create that because we've been starved of proper content for years. And now there's loads of content. Mm. There's loads of content creators out there. You know, like yourself, for example, sparing some time between your lunch to create these type of streams. It's not easy, but you're doing it. Thank you very yeah. much. No problem. And uh, yeah, it, uh, three wise men, uh, THFC Vance, go follow them on YouTube. Uh, watch Khaled on there. Uh, yeah, and thanks so much again for coming on. Pleasure to talk to you and come back soon. Thank you very much. Come on, you Spurs. Thanks so much for watching. Before you go, please make sure you give the like and subscribe buttons a click. Any questions, comments, or any suggestions for future episodes, if you just add those into a comment on the YouTube video. If you're listening to the audio-only podcast, thanks so much for listening. Anyone who wants the audio-only podcast, you can get that at Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your audio podcast from. Alternatively, if you go to Twitter, at LTalkTottenham, you can find all the information there. I'll be back soon. Until then, come on, you Spurs!